0: Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time.
1: It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get
2: your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a 1,000 global leaders will gather in Doha
0: Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, November 7th, 2022. Coming up this hour.
4: Apple expects to produce at least 3 million fewer iPhone 14s than originally planned.
0: Thousands of job cuts are reportedly on the way at Facebook parent meta platforms.
4: The investors brace for this week's key report on inflation.
0: And we take you to Egypt where a big climate change summit is underway.
4: It's the final push for campaigning in New York's
5: governor's race and the midterms. Plus, the CDC warns of a surge in COVID. Flu and RSV.
6: I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. Big win for the Jets and upset of the Bills. The Rangers lost. The Mets resigned signed their closer. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 11.30 New York. Bloomberg
7: 991 Washington DC. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
0: And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow.
4: I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing, Learn by the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com.
0: Well, U.S. futures are higher this morning. 6.01 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 21 points. Dow futures up 162. And Nasdaq futures up 62. Ten-year Treasury up 4.32, seconds, yield 4.13%. And the yield on the two-year, 4.68%. Nathan.
4: Karen, the rise in futures follows Friday's rally on Wall Street, which saw the S&P 500 snap a four-day losing streak. Still, the index is down 21% in 2022 and on track for its worst year in at least a decade. Alan Zafrin is founding partner and co-CEO at IEQ Capital. What we are fearful of, and if you're bearish, is that the Fed's only going to pivot when the PMI is the Purchasing Manager Index, which is a broad measure of economic activity. If it were to really plummet. The Fed would have no choice but to do so, and that probably only happens coincidentally with the labor market starting to get out of control. IEQ Capitals' Alan Zaffron says Fed rate hikes will take six to 12 months to work their way through the economy.
0: Well, Nathan, the attention this week turns to inflation, and let's take a look at the economic calendar with Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Giudice.
4: Topping this week's list, the October
8: Consumer Price Index set for Thursday and tracking the ever-rising cost of living post-pandemic. Economists see inflation running hot at about 8% year-over-year, year, keeping the Federal Reserve on the offense. Now, wages are on the rise, but inflation is outstripping the gains. Hence, a lack of confidence in America's economy and the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index set once again to run their record low. That's
4: set for Friday.
8: Vinny Dell Jude Ice, Bloomberg Daybreak.
4: All right, Vinny, thanks. Another busy week for earnings as well. Let's get a preview there from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. With about 430
7: companies in the S&P 500 reporting so far, 71% have reported positive earnings surprises, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. Peter Oppenheimer is chief global equity strategist at Goldman Sachs International.
2: This is been uh, not a disastrous earnings season, but certainly not nearly as strong as we've seen previously. And the key thing that's happening, and we've been arguing this for some time, is that margins are starting to come under pressure as a result of these high input costs.
7: Among the companies scheduled to report this week, Activision Blizzard, AstraZeneca, BioNTech, Occidental Petroleum and Rivian Automotive. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak.
4: And Charlie, we're just getting earnings crossing the Bloomberg Terminal from BioNTech, raising its forecast for the COVID vaccine it sells with Pfizer, saying they've invoiced some 300 million doses of an Omicron-adapted version as of mid-October.
0: And Nathan, we look to earnings in the long term now. Goldman Sachs lowering its estimates for the S&P 500 for each year till 2024. The bank strategists say margin contraction in the third quarter signals more pain ahead. Goldman is not changing its year end targets for the S&P, still thinks the index will drop another four and a half percent this year to 3,600 before rising to 4,000 in 2023.
4: In the meantime, Karen Morgan Stanley's Michael Wilson says investors should stay bullish on equities ahead of this week's midterms. Wilson correctly predicted this year's slump in stocks he says if republicans win at least one chamber of congress it could provide a catalyst for lower bond yields and higher equity prices
0: well turning to corporate news now nathan we're watching shares of apple this morning they're down one percent in early trading the company expects to produce at least three million fewer iphone 14 handsets than originally planned this year bloomberg daybreak asia anchor brian curtis has more from hong kong
8: Bloomberg sources say the company and its suppliers now aim to make about 87 million devices. That's down from 90 million. The reduction is due to softer demand for the iPhone 14 and 14 Plus. That adds to supply issues in places like Zhengzhou, China. The plant there is under a COVID lockdown. In Hong Kong, Brian
4: Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. Brian, thanks. We continue to see job cuts in corporate America. Facebook parent Meta platforms will reportedly start laying off thousands of workers this week. According to the Wall Street Journal, the cuts could come as early as Wednesday. Meta has been struggling with growing losses and investing heavily in its Metaverse business. Meta shares, which are down 73% this year, are up nearly 4% in early trading on the news.
0: Well, Nathan, Twitter brought the axe down hard last week on close to 3,700 of its employees. Now, it's asking dozens of them to come back. Sources tell us the company decided the employees were either fired by mistake or are too essential to the changes new owner Elon Musk wants to make. One of those changes, adding verification checkmarks for subscribers to Twitter's monthly blue service. That's being delayed till Wednesday to avoid midterm election chaos.
4: Well, the world's focus for the next couple weeks, Karen, will be on the health of the planet, the COP26 summit is underway in Egypt. The United Nations annual climate change event is beginning with discussions on reparations or compensating poorer nations for the damage caused by emissions produced elsewhere. We get more from Bloomberg's use of El Eldin in Sharm el-Sheikh.
9: We've got uh, over 100 heads of state, uh, 200 delegations from all across the world, and they've set the bar a little bit lower, I would say. They admit that because of some of the risks, everything of the Ukraine war, to the ongoing geopolitical spat between China and the U.S., It's going to be harder to to get things going. But nonetheless, they want to show some results and they are ready to get some traction on adding a little bit of a controversial item to the agenda, the loss and damage items. So this is related to unchecked fossil fuel use that cause economic destruction in disproportionate ways.
4: Bloomberg's Yusuf Kamal Eldeen reports the leaders of Germany, France, and the U.K. are appearing at the start of COP27. U.S. President Joe Biden and Brazil's President-elect Luis Inacio Lula da Silva are due to appear later on.
0: And futures are higher this morning. Nathan, S&P futures up 24 points, Dow futures up 183, NASDAQ futures up 77, and this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. It's
4: 6.07 on Wall Street, 67 degrees in Central Park. Got a crash on the northbound Hutch by exit 11. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael.
5: Thank you very much, Nathan. It was the final weekend of campaigning before Tuesday's midterm elections. President Joe Biden campaigned for New York Governor Kathy Hochul at a rally in Yonkers Sunday. Biden is hoping to give the incumbent a last-minute boost against Republican challenger Lee Zeldin. Polls show the race between the two narrowing. Biden criticized former President Trump and the Republican Party's record on the economy.
2: What's going to happen the next couple of years is going to have more to do with what this country looks like 20 years from now than anything else.
5: Congressman Zeldin campaigned at a rally near Rochester, promising if he's elected governor, he's going to crack down on crime and those state employees in charge of fighting it.
6: We are going to declare a crime emergency here in the state of New York.
5: Meanwhile, former President Trump urged Florida voters to support Republican candidates in Tuesday's midterm elections.
8: This is the year we are going to take back the House. We are going to take back the Senate. We are going to take back America. We're going to take back America.
5: (laughs) Trump spoke at a rally in Miami with Florida Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott. A former director of the FDA is concerned that the U.S. is not prepared for the current virus season. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story.
7: The U.S. is entering cold, flu, RSV, and COVID season, and former director Scott Gottlieb on CBS has heard here on Bloomberg says some past mistakes are
8: getting in the way of new policies. We know wearing a mask if you have the flu or RSV when you go out is effective at preventing forward transmission. Nobody wants to say that. So I think that there's a lot of reluctance now, in part because of the failures of public health messaging during the pandemic and the things we got wrong and the backlash to it. So we don't have a good solution for what we're entering right now.
7: Gottlieb says mistakes that have been made during COVID should not... Affect medical policy going forward. In San Francisco, I'm at Baxter,
5: Bloomberg Daybreak. Authorities continue to investigate a New York City high rise fire over the weekend that injured over three dozen people and was traced to a faulty lithium ion battery. It is the latest in a fast-growing series of battery blazes that have fire officials concerned. The fire spurred a dramatic and rare rope rescue 20 stories above Manhattan's East 52nd Street, a few blocks from the U.N. headquarters. Global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank
4: you, Michael. Almost six ten on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stanshower. Thanks,
6: Nathan. The Jets have been underdogs almost every week. They were 11-point underdogs at MetLife. Buffalo came in an AFC best 6-1, three, wo- three wins by at least three touchdowns. But the Jets sacked Josh Allen five times, intercepted him twice, and twice got themselves into the end zone. Bills show blitz, takes the snap, Carter a run up the middle at the 5, the goal line,
8: walks into the end zone, that's a Jet touchdown.
6: Marios in motion.
7: First and goal at the 7. Back to throw Zach Wilson. Screen right. caught Robinson at the 10. At the 5. Reaches the ball out. He's across the goal line. And it's a
9: Jet
6: touchdown. ESPN New York to calls the game was tied when the Jets won on a 13-play 86-yard drive. Ended with a Greg Zerline go ahead field goal. They upset the Bills 20 to 17. They're only a half game behind Buffalo. The game last night, two AFC division leaders and went to overtime. Kansas City beat Tennessee. Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 68 times. Tom Brady threw it 58. The last one a TD Pass, Tampa Bay's only touchdown of the day. They beat the Rams in a battle of the last two Super Bowl winners, both of whom are struggling this year. And Green Bay, really struggling loss to the Jets. And Giants just lost to lowly Detroit. Aaron Rodgers intercepted three times. It's the Packers' fifth loss in a row. The sound of Timmy Trumpet playing Narco will continue to be heard at City Field. For the years to come, the Mets have locked up all-star closer Edwin Diaz, who was a free agent. Five years, $102 million most ever for a reliever the nets laid down six requirements that kyrie irving must meet before they consider lifting his suspension the rangers lost to detroit 3-2 in overtime john
4: stash bloomberg sports nathan thank you john S P futures right now up 23 points Dow futures up 180 nasdaq futures are higher by 72 points and the 10-year treasury is up 430 seconds for a yield of 4.14 percent. this is bloomberg Bloomberg Sports was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today, or visit AudiOffers.com for more information.
7: Markets, headlines, and breaking news, 24 hours a day, at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick QuickTake. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. Stock Index futures on the rise this morning as some investors bet a period of disinflation has already begun, and the midterm election results will be favorable to markets. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 20 points, Dow futures up 163, and NASDAQ futures up 63. The DAX in Germany is up about nine-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 432 seconds. yield 4.14%. The yield on the two-year, 4.68%. Nine next Crude oil is up less than a tenth of a percent up six cents at ninety-two dollars sixty seven cents a barrel. Comex gold up two tenths percent or three dollars ten cents at sixteen seventy nine seventy an ounce. The euro point nine nine eight two against the dollar. British pound one point one four five seven and again, 146.69. And Bitcoin is down 1.8% at $20,750. And again, biotech, BioNTech raising its forecast for the COVID-19 vaccine. It sells with Pfizer, saying that the partners have invoiced some 300 million doses of an Omicron-adapted version of the shot as of mid-October. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
5: Karen, thank you very much. Election Day is tomorrow, but already more than 40 million Americans. Americans have cast early ballots. Republicans are optimistic about winning enough seats to retake control of both the House and the Senate, while Democrats insist they are poised for a better night than many expect. The COP27 U.N. climate talks began in Egypt with a deal to discuss how rich countries can help pay for the damages caused by global warming elsewhere. Recent climate disasters, such as the floods in Pakistan, have put the issue back into focus. In the NFL, the Jets upset the Bills 2017. The Patriots won, the Commanders lost, the Ravens play the Saints tonight. In the NHL, the Rangers lost in overtime to the Red Wings 3-2. In the NBA, the Wizards lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan.
4: All right, Michael, thank you. We're coming up to 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We want to take a closer focus now on those COP27 climate talks underway in Egypt. Bloomberg's Yusuf Gamal Eldin is part of our team of reporters and correspondents uh, covering the discussions from Sharm el-Sheikh. And Yusuf's with us live now. Good morning, Yusuf. Thanks for being here. As Michael mentioned, uh, it did begin with a deal to discuss uh, reparations for climate damage. But this is just a deal on actually talking about it. That's That's kind of what we're looking at at the moment, right?
9: Correct. So, basically, you've got over 100 heads of state here, 200 delegations, 45,000 accredited people. I've found a bit of shade in a midsummer day here in Sharm sheik It's mm. far hotter than it would usually be. And, yes, we did get a bit of a diplomatic breakthrough. Uh, it's been added to the agenda, the loss and damage component, which is a reparations, but it isn't because it takes out the uh, liability component but assures a level of coordination, and integration between developed and developing countries around moving forward with the climate agenda. So it was a positive note to start, but people here on the ground tell me there's still a long way to go until we can call the summit a success.
4: Well, what kind of progress are we looking for from this summit, Yusuf? It seems like every year when the uh, COP gathering gets underway, the benchmarks for success seem to get lowered and lowered with each passing year.
9: I think you hit the nail on the head, and that's why the Egyptian hosts here are labeling this the implementation COP. So they had the COP of lofty ambitions, COP26 in Glasgow, and now they just want to, you know, make a little bit of tangible progress. And that's why it was so important that we did get that addition to the agenda. In terms of what else they can do, well, in many ways, live up to existing promises like the Copenhagen Pledge, which is $100 billion annually to help with adaptation and mitigation from developed countries to developing countries, and just firming up the framework for discussions. You have no idea how complex this process is. Once you sit in one of these halls, I mean, you're going into the far corners of U.N. bureaucracy. That's kind of the layers that need to be considered and the amount of sort of diplomatic, uh, I don't know, maneuvering that needs to be done.
4: And all this is coming, of course, with the backdrop of the war in Ukraine and the potential for an energy crunch coming this winter and a spike in demand uh, with global commodities potentially being disrupted dramatically uh, by the war unfolding. How is that affecting what we get from these talks?
9: It affects it very much. I mean, they're not beating around the bush here. So, you know, the Ukraine war, you've got the geopolitical follow-up between the U.S., And China, all these things are weighing on the relative optimism that you would normally have at an event like this. And even here in Egypt, where Egyptians are feeling climate change, there's a question of financing, right? So you're already dealing with double-digit inflation. Your local currency is down 50% over the last year. Who's going to pay for the move to cleaner energy, right, if you're trying to make ends meet? Not the end of the month. We're talking about the end of the day. So those are some of the core issues that are going to be discussed with the delegations from over two hundred people over the course of two weeks, so uh, a lot to cut through, and we 'll see how far we get with all of this.
4: I know a lot of European leaders are there now we 're expecting President Biden to arrive after the midterm elections have come and gone. What are the expectations once President Biden comes in when we could potentially see a shift in the balance of power in Washington and the corresponding Changes to the kinds of commitments that potentially the U.S. Uh, could make at a summit like this. You've only got about a minute left here, Youssef.
9: I mean, the French President Emmanuel Macron said that the U.S. and China uh, need to pay their share to help poor nations deal with climate change. They need the U.S. and China to step up. And as much as China accounts for 30 percent of emissions, I think there's more hope that the U.S. can take a leadership role. And with the midterms out of the way, it allows this administration in Washington to really focus on what has been one of its top priorities since it came into office. And that is something that is giving people here on the ground a lot of confidence that much more can be done with U.S. leadership.
4: Thanks for your time, Yusuf. Looking forward to your coverage over the next couple of weeks here from Sharm El Sheikh. Bloomberg's Yusuf Gamal Dean with us this morning as the COP27 summit has just gotten underway, and we will have full coverage for you uh, throughout the next couple of weeks here as the summit unfolds. Looking ahead to the market open on Wall Street this morning, futures are pointing a little bit higher. S&P futures are up 19 points right now. Dow futures up 157, and NASDAQ futures are higher by 57 points. Ten-year up 3.30 seconds. The yield 4.14%. Looking at the commodities market, NYMEX crude down two-tenths percent, $92.43 a barrel. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. A brief shower this morning. Otherwise clearing breezy and mild today. Highs in the mid-70s. We'll be back in the mid-50s for highs on Election Day tomorrow and Wednesday as well. Right now, 68 in Central Park. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow, and we are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by IBKR. Investment advisors switch to interactive brokers for lowest-cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interests at IBKR.com slash RIA. Up first, investors are keeping a close eye on key economic data. The October Consumer Price Index is out on Thursday, and University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index out Friday. Peyton and Regal Chief U.S. Economist Jeffrey Cleveland, says jobs data from Friday suggests the Fed's still in the thick of its inflation
3: battle. The wage growth data has slowed maybe a little bit. But 0.4 a month a month is still pretty strong. We're hanging out around 5% year-on-year wage growth. And that is not consistent, in my view, with 2% inflation. I think it's far too soon for the Fed to say they're putting the brakes on here.
0: And Peyton and Regal's Jeffrey Cleveland said the Fed wants to see less job growth because the labor market is out of balance.
4: Well, meantime, Karen, the job turmoil continues with big tech. The Wall Street Journal reports meta-platforms will lay off thousands, potentially as early as Wednesday. Twitter is now asking dozens of employees who were laid off to come back. Bloomberg Tech editor Vlad Savov says Twitter's sweeping moves likely do not reflect broader trends in big
3: tech. Months ago. Twitter's prior leadership decided to cut back on spending on office space in order to preserve jobs. What we're seeing with Twitter cannot be extended to the broader tech industry. It is a very unique situation, and there's a lot of unpredictability because of Elon Musk being at the helm.
4: Bloomberg's Slides, uh, uh, Savov says more changes are coming at Twitter. The company will add verification checkmarks for members of its monthly subscription service after tomorrow's midterms to avoid chaos.
0: Well, sticking with tech, Nathan, shares of Apple are down 1% in early trading after the company announced it expects to produce less iPhone 14 models than originally planned.
4: In Egypt, Karen, U.N. climate discussions are focused on how rich countries can pay for damages caused by global warming. Netherlands Prime Minister Mark Rutte spoke with Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix about moving forward on climate issues.
7: We already are, at this moment, committing the $100 billion to help the rest of the world also, and also the global south, to get on board uh, with uh, tackling climate
4: change. Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte is one of several world leaders at COP27. U.S. President Joe Biden appears later this week.
0: And that's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And futures this morning are on the rise. S&P futures up 23 points, now futures up 185, and NASDAQ futures up 70. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. Thanks,
4: Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 68 degrees in Central Park. Still got that crash on the northbound hutch by Exit 11 in Scarsdale. And Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning,
5: Nathan. Both President Joe Biden and his predecessor, Donald Trump, are hoping to provide their party's late boosts on the last full day of campaigning before midterm elections that could reshape the balance of power in Washington. Biden is holding a rally this evening in Maryland as Democrats eye retaking its governorship. Yesterday, the president campaigned for New York Governor Kathy Hochul at a rally in Yonkers. Biden is hoping to give the incumbent a last-minute boost against Republican challenger Lee Zeldin. Biden criticized Zeldin for voting with House Republicans against the American Rescue Plan that included money for police.
2: Governor Hochul's opponent had a choice. He could keep cops on the job or cave to his Republican leaders.
5: I'll give you one guess what he did. He came. Meanwhile, Congressman Zeldin at a rally just outside of Rochester promised if he's elected governor, he's going to crack down on crime.
1: This is about making sure that we don't have district attorneys who by policy are just letting violent criminals
4: run free.
5: Former President Trump is set to stage his own event in Ohio, where his hand-picked Senate candidate, J.D. Vance, will be at his side. Yesterday, Trump urged Florida voters to support Republican candidates in the midterms.
8: This Tuesday, you must go out and vote Republican in this giant red wave, Uncle Sam. Giant red wave that they're all talking about.
5: The former president spoke at a rally in Miami with Florida Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott. The CDC issued a warning of a surge in respiratory viruses from COVID, flu, and RSV, especially among children that threatens to overwhelm hospitals this fall and winter. The Powerball lottery drawing is tonight. The jackpot is expected to be $1.9 billion. Some people uh, already, uh, yeah, $1.9 billion, I'm sorry, some people are already <laughs> thinking, win on Monday, quit working on Tuesday.
6: No, I'm going to win. I feel very confident about that.
5: <laughs> this will be the winning ticket. Thank God.
1: Put it in the bank. I'm going to save it. I don't know what I'm going to start with. I think that's
0: amazing, and I hope someone really deserving gets it.
5: The last time someone had the jackpot winning ticket was August 3rd. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries I'm
4: Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. Wouldn't that be the pre-election surprise? Thank you, Michael. (laughs) 6.36 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashow.
6: Thanks, Nathan. The Jets had that four-game winning streak and then laid an egg and yet another loss to New England. That led many to say same same old Jets. They're not saying that now. Not after a 20-17 upset of heavily favored Buffalo at MetLife. The Jet defense outstanding. Sacked Josh Allen five times. Intercepted him twice. Jets put together a fourth-quarter drive. 86 yards in 13 plays. Eight straight on the ground. The Jets ran it for 174 yards in the drive. Took over six minutes, ended with a field goal. That gave them the lead. They had once trailed by 11. Their coach is Robert Sala. I know a lot of people are going to be surprised, right? Uh, I don't think there's a person surprised in the locker room. Um, it's a hard-fought game. It's a damn good football team. Uh well-coached football team over there at Buffalo. Obviously, they've got championship aspirations. But, um, but I don't think there's a guy in that locker room that didn't think we couldn't win. Let's go to their bye week, six and three. They've won five of the last six, and they'll come back for the bye with another game against New England. Kansas City last night beat Tennessee in overtime. The Chiefs tied the game, the late TD and two point conversion, both for Patrick Mahomes runs at the Garden. Rangers led two nothing. Detroit came back to win three two in overtime. The Nets had two wins this weekend without the suspended Kyrie Irving, who now needs to fulfill six requirements laid down by the team. Before they will consider lifting his suspension. The Mets have several key players who are now free agents. Cross one off the list. Edwin Diaz, who struggled early in his Met career, but was tremendous this past season. He has now cashed in, not quite 1.9 billion, but he's getting five years, 102
4: million. Diaz just averaged almost two strikeouts per inning. John Stashower, Blueberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. It is 637 now on Wall Street. And besides the election and earnings, markets will be keeping a very close eye out for the data this week. Of course, a key piece of that comes out Thursday with the release of the October Consumer Price Index. Bloomberg Global Economics and Policy Correspondent Michael McKee joins us now for a bit of a preview of October inflation data. Mike, is this going to be the print where we start to see the effects of four straight 75 basis point increases start to have an effect on inflation? It could be. Uh, you're going to have to look closely.
8: It's not going to be a major change. And, of course, looking back, is the only way we get to figure out if uh, we were right or not so it'll be a little while before we know if if we have peaked but the forecasts are that that we are maybe uh, an inch uh mm. past the the peak of inflation we'll see a rise in the month over month number because uh, energy prices went up but uh the core is expected to drop and that will be the sign the Fed is looking for, that at least we've started in the right direction.
4: It'll be just one sign, of course. Uh, a lot of market participants are starting to get into that debate of how much of the data the Fed will need to see before it can start to at least slow down on interest rate hikes.
8: Well, I think if you get uh, this number uh It comes in a little bit lower, and then the PCE at the end of the month does. We've got another inflation report by the just before the next Fed meeting. And so at that point, I think the Fed is going to be able to say we can do 50. Now, the loss to this whole debate is that 50 basis points used to be considered a really big (laughs) That was a jumbo
2: rate hike, exactly.
8: And now 75. So stepping back to 50 is still a pretty strong move in monetary policy.
4: So what are we looking for in terms of the core what's going to be driving core inflation potentially lower in this print
8: well we are really watching services prices goods prices have started to fall and we saw that in the ism number this past week it fell down to about forty six six which is roughly according to the ism folks compatible with one percent inflation so it looks like supply chains have pretty much normalized, and that's uh, going to bring down goods prices. Services prices are the question. Uh, they have had to pay more to find people. They're still doing it, it seems. Uh, there's still a lot of job openings in the service sector. And so do we see service prices come down, or are they still paying up for workers? Now, we're going to have housing as an issue for a while because mm-hmm. it takes a long time for that. You've heard this before to get into and out of the CPI, but yeah. we are starting to see prices come down a little.
4: Yeah, the Fed like football, game of inches. Thanks, Mike. Good having you on with us. Bloomberg Global Economics and Policy Correspondent Michael McKee ahead of October. Consumer prices coming out Thursday morning, 830 Wall Street time. Futures pointed higher this morning ahead of the market open. This is Bloomberg. And the Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information.
7: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
0: I'm Karen Moscow. This update brought to you by SCI. Asset managers don't get results that are off the charts when their solutions are off the shelf. Learn how SCI's operating platform can turn infrastructure into a competitive advantage at com slash tech. Futures on the rise this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning.
2: And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are on the green right now. Dow futures up 190 points. s and gained 24. While Nasdaq futures rise by 69. The U.S. ten-year yield at 4.14%. Gold is down five. Oil is in the red, and Bitcoin is down by 1.7%. Hong Kong rose 2.7% overnight while European markets are trading mostly in the green this morning and back in the U.S. on the economic front at 3 o'clock, consumer credit. In other news, people familiar said that Apple expects to produce at least 3 million fewer iPhones than originally anticipated. Morgan Stanley's Wilson says U.S. midterms could fuel an equity rally. And the Wall Street Journal reported that Facebook may start job cuts affecting thousands of employees. On Wednesday. Wrapping things up, NOV was raised to equal weight over at Wells Fargo. Live from the first of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney.
0: All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news of your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
5: Karen, thank you very much. Tuesday is the midterm elections. Nationwide, more than 40 million Americans have already cast their ballot. The election could shift the balance of power in Congress. North Korea's military says its recent barrage of missile tests were practices to mercilessly strike key South Korean and U.S. targets such as air bases and operation command systems with a variety of missiles that likely included nuclear-capable weapons. The North's military said today its missile tests were a reaction to last week's massive Air Force drills between the U.S. and South Korea. In the NFL, the Jets beat the Bills 2017. The Patriots won, the Commanders lost, the Ravens play the Saints tonight. In the NHL, the Rangers lost in overtime to the Red Wings 3-2. In the NBA, the Wizards lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr and this is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion.
3: Are Republicans right about America's crime wave? Let's look at the data. I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. Crime has become a big issue in the U.S. midterm elections. That's understandable. That's understandable given that the national homicide rate rose 35% over the past two years, leaving it the highest it's been since the 1990s. Murders do appear to be down slightly this year, and incidents of other crimes did not spike in the same way during the pandemic. Property crime actually fell. But as life returns to more or less normal, this seems to be changing. Robbery was up 13% as of mid-year in 70 major U.S. cities. In New York City, where murder is down 14% so far this year, Major crimes overall are up 30% and at the highest level since 2006. That sure seems like a crime wave. I'm Justin Fox. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal.
7: This has been Bloomberg Opinion.
0: And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 650 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now at the Bloomberg NJIT STEM Report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. As one of the nation's leading polytechnic universities and a top military-friendly school, NJIT supports America's service members and their families. Learn more at njit.edu slash veterans. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering and math. UN climate talks in Egypt have begun with a deal to discuss how rich countries can help pay for the damage caused by global warming elsewhere. The breakthrough will allow diplomats to officially debate loss and damage during the two-week COP27 meetings for the first time. Industrialized nations have repeatedly blocked efforts to add this to the agenda despite demands from developing countries. China's daily COVID cases jumped to the highest in more than in six months, outbreaks flared across the nation and health officials declare the nation will stick with its strict virus controls. And better catch the moon's disappearing act tomorrow. There won't be another like it for three years. The total lunar eclipse will be uh, visible throughout North America in the pre-dawn hours. The farther west, the better. And across Asia, Australia, and the rest of the Pacific after sunset. As an extra treat, Uranus will be visible just a finger's width above the moon, resembling a bright star. And totality will last nearly one and a half hours as Earth passes directly between the moon and sun. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan.
4: Okay, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers studios. We're at 652 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. or the top story is the final campaign sprint to tomorrow's midterm election. The latest Washington Post-ABC News poll has Republicans in position to take the House. But Democrat Cory Booker tells ABC's This Week he sees a path for his party to keep the Senate. And even though our economy is tough, people think about it and say, wait a minute, this is the party trying to protect unions. This is the party that
6: made sure we did things to lower prescription drug costs and lower health care costs.
4: And House Majority Whip James Clyburn tells Fox News Sunday democracy itself is on the ballot tomorrow. If
6: they're lying, they're denying, they're trying to delete, they're trying to nullify votes vote against that foolishness.
4: Republican Senator Rick Scott was asked on NBC's Meet the Press whether he'd accept the results of Senate elections. Absolutely, but what we're also going to do is do everything we can to make sure everybody, they're free and fair, and if anybody is doing, if there's any shenanigans, we're ready to make sure we make
2: sure we support our candidates to make sure Mm. that these elections are fair and every ballot is counted the
4: right way. And on CBS's Face the Nation, Chris Krebs, former head of the agency that ensured the integrity of the 2020 election, said there are already reports of Foreign actors trying to undermine tomorrow's vote. They recognize that political discourse is very divisive here in the U.S. and they have more opportunities uh, probably than ever before to continue to undermine confidence, to create chaos, which is really their primary objective. Face the nation, meet the press, Fox News Sunday and this week can all be heard every Sunday right here on Bloomberg Radio. And Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins joins me now on this final full day before tomorrow's election day. So, Emily, what are you focused on ahead of the midterm vote?
1: So many different things, Nathan, and, and we should point out that at this point, there have been over 40 million mail-in ballots and early votes that have already been placed. So this thing is well underway. And also, tomorrow might not be the, the, the big finale. We might not know by the end of tomorrow who controls the House, who controls the Senate. But I think there's a really good point there that, yes, the main question is the Senate. The House is likely to go to Republicans. Uh We could see anywhere from them picking up a dozen seats to 25 seats. Um, all of that would give them the power, uh, to control the House next year. But I think the Senate's very much still in play. You gotta keep an eye on Pennsylvania. You gotta keep an eye on Nevada. You gotta keep an eye on Georgia, which might go to a runoff situation again. We might again be waiting to know. Um, so I think tomorrow's gonna, gonna start off a little bit of a, of waiting process, uh, to see exactly how good of a night Republicans have. Um, at this point, there is a lot of expectation, uh, that, that the winds will be in their favor and that they are going to control at least one chamber of Congress next year.
4: Among those states that uh, could be competitive tomorrow night, Emily, I didn't hear you mention the one that President Biden was in last night. That's New York State. Got a pretty uh, surprisingly competitive governor's race happening there.
1: It does. It has a competitive governor's race. It has a number of competitive House races. Um, We might not. It might take a while for them to count up their votes. But yes, Biden was there that week. Uh, y- yesterday, uh, campaigning with Governor Kathy Hochul, Um, you know, she had for a while a pretty considerable lead on her Republican nominee, Congressman Lee Zeldin, but that's really tightened in past weeks as Zeldin has continually hit her on crime rates, crime going up. And so last night, Biden used that exact same playbook. He came up, he campaigned with Hochul, and he criticized Zeldin's record on crime. He criticized him for not supporting uh, the assault weapons bans, for not standing up to the NRA. And I think it goes to show just how much of an important issue crime has become with this election. We've seen it in New York. We've seen it in places like Oregon really shape a couple of these uh, congressional races in areas where people are concerned. It's a lot of suburban areas where folks are concerned about all these high crime rates they've heard in the city. uh, And they're worried that they might be coming to, to where folks live outside the city.
4: Only about a minute left here, Emily. But if we don't get uh, firm results after tomorrow night, are you looking out for the possibility of uh, doubts being raised about the integrity of the election? Got about a minute left here.
1: Well, we know that there are folks who continue to deny the results of the legitimate 2020 election. and There's a chance that we could see more folks doing that tomorrow at a number of state-level and federal-level races. Um, I think, though, to a certain extent, there's a lot of expectation setting, right? And so now we've been through an election where we've had mail-in ballots, where we've seen how things can shift between what happens with the mail and what, what happens with the vote, what happens with the vote, what happens with the mail-in. And every state's a little bit different. There are certain states um Like North Carolina and Florida, where mail and bells tend to get counted first. So Democrats are going to look like they have a good night. And then we're going to see Republicans catch up. And there are states where that's absolutely the opposite. And so hopefully everyone's learned a little bit more after the 2020 elections. But there are absolutely folks out there, I think, who are are ready uh, to question the validity of the elections should they not win.
4: Thanks, Emily. As always, you're going to be very busy tomorrow night and potentially for the days to come following this midterm. That's Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us from the nation's capital. You can read more on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. That will be the hub of our midterm election coverage. Bloomberg Surveillance is next with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrow and Lisa Bromowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.